Am I live? Oh, not quite, because everything isn't quite fixed up and all them things. I think I'm live. I think we're live. Is everything good? Is everything sweet? People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time. As usual, your support is, you know, I love your support. I love the Twitch gang. I love the support you give me on YouTube. It's Friday, people, so I hope everyone's got a spring in their step. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast, and all those things. With it being Friday, Friday, first and foremost, hope you've all had a good week to remember. You've moved that much closer to your goals, hopes, dreams and aspirations and whatnot. And you're overcoming hardship. Can't do any of that without health. So as usual, I'd love to wish that or hope better yet that you all got your health in all aspects of the term. Mentally, financially, physically, mentally, all of those good things, people. Now, it's a jam-packed day of content like it is every day on my channels. I say channels because it is YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you open up another tab as usual, 11.30 we head over to YouTube. We're going to preview Liverpool and Arsenal in depth. We're going to talk about the press conference comments from Arteta. I think there's comments from Aubameyang. Pepe's been linked with AC Milan. Bare things to go over, people. So there's that. Obviously, if you haven't checked out the James Red, big up everyone that was on Twitch for the James Redmond thing. You can see it there, but it's gonna it's on YouTube as well. The rerun of of the stream I did with Mo is gonna be out, I believe, at four p.m. on on YouTube. So there's bare content. One one p.m. I've got a rerun of some Football Manager content. Four p.m. We're here on Twitch for Football Manager content. We've got a cup final in the Cat Yarabel Cup. So it's suit settings, and obviously we've got PSG in the second leg of the Champions league and we're still fighting for top four tomorrow as you know it's watch along business as well youtube again youtube's your best friend i'm going to do leicester chelsea and i'm going to do liverpool arsenal of course so content 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 and then next week we're back with champions league aspects so you know you're getting midweek watch alongs and the rest of it Obviously, throughout the course of this, we're going to talk about the Premier League. I'm pretty sure, you know, you lot have seen a mad thing in the last few hours, people. You know, there's been a whistleblower. He said everything. You know, the wrong bit of relevance to me is obviously Arsenal players apparently are inhaling balloons, whether that's true or not. Bro, this brother spilled the beans on everything. I'm sure you all saw the Twitter space. If you weren't there, someone's made a thread, which we're going to go over of the, of the stuff. And uh, trigger warning, some of it is is... You know, some of it is, I don't know the term, but some of it is disturbing in it. There's a lot of disturbing things we've got to get over. Footballers are moving very mad. You know, Quincy Promise moving mad. Benjamin Mendy moving mad. Furlan Mendy moving mad as well for what it's worth. Bare things going on, just bare mad things and whatnot, people. But we're going to get over, we're going to get into that in a second, man. And I see a couple comments. One love to the commenters as well. You know, French football doing a madness again. Like you said, Space Molina, it's a madness. Bro, did, uh, listen. The man there, yeah, when they free up the realness like this, it's, it's, it's right, in it? Because right is right and wrong is wrong. But we all know them man there don't live long. God forbid, touch wood, pause. Bad man don't do them thing there. But um, he might not live long. Them man there, they get ghosted, you know? It's just like the other whistleblower when he was doing footy leaks, slapped in the jailhouse. Like, them man there, they take them out. Them man there, no too much secrets. 
You know, he's no too much secrets about players, about Real Madrid, about too many things in football. And I'm pretty sure, you know, there's proper mad stuff. And even going through it, he even said he was throwing these stories to outlets and things. And they were saying, nah, nah, you might be right, but we're not on it, you know, really. Mendy's done a madness, my guy. Chill, we're going to get into it, man. It's just bare man moving mad. We go through the thread, people. Again, if you go on the Twitter site, Football For All, you know, they, that's where I saw it. I didn't catch the space, but there's been a fallout. Now, obviously, someone's been kind enough to make a thread of these things, people. If you're listening via, big up the Spotify and the Apple group, Apple Apple Twitch crew and all them things there, you're going to have to listen, in it. It's graphic, but here's a thread. And literally, bro, this is, uh, he's not making it up, because this is the stuff I've seen. As I said, trigger warning, it is pretty brazy, in it, to say it nicely. And I understand if you don't want to, in it. But for what it's worth, people, Ferland Mendy, the Real Madrid player, um, booted a woman in the face many times then showed his his penis to her and that woman got brain damage from the booting that's something i've seen we'll go over the other twitter account as well um ali wahi from montpellier's academy got back well, when from montpellier when he was at Cannes, he was banned for um for obliging secondary school students to masturbate in front of him in the toilets some guy has raped 400 football players and a few players are now international level players when they were kids. So that guy needs to burn in an eternal hellfire. As you know, we don't condone rape, grooming, all them fuckeries there, people. And again, everyone that does things like that, burning hell really and truly. Uh, see this Alex Hells guys apologize for doing blackface. Alex Hells on behalf of every black person and suck your mum, man, a thousand times for a dirty straw you twat about blackface. But anyways, back to this Mazza's people. As you lot can see, a girl that is a young international footballer disappeared. And apparently the reason is a guy brought off some of his brought uh, is a guy brought him off his family to do some weird stuff on her and they forced her to abort. abort. Um, and then obviously, again, the Fred, he, he's not gone into he's not he's not continued. There's a lot more stuff there, really. I think maybe maybe it's got it's got it's got too mad for him, people, really and truly. And I think even there's stuff with Camavinga and all of and all of these sort of things, people. It's absolutely brazy. Absolutely brazy. Let me go on football for all as well, because again, my man is my man was saying the mad thing, really. Footy football. Sorry, people, I need to find a Twitter account because we can go through some of the like some a lot of it was brazy, people. Like, I'll be real, very brazy. Now let's scroll the way down on this Twitter account. You know, we'll get into the Ronaldo stuff. As you, as I could, as I said here, people, Mendy allegedly kicked a woman in the head and she fell to the ground before showing her his willy. Of course, she was transferred to the emergency emergency room. Apparently, Mendy hasn't spoken to his mother in three years. The entire family is completely broken. His whole case is insane. Cases like this make me want to stop my football investigations. Says the, the you know, Roman Molina. Um, he has stated, the more you really know about football, the more you hate it. And this is why, you know, again, it's, it's corrupt. Apparently, a current French international had a party where he decided to poo in people's mouths while filming himself. Brother, man, a buki, man. Apparently, there's an African country that had men playing in their women's team. And if we scroll the way down, this was the Twitter space I'm obviously speaking about, people. Arsenal players inhale a lot of helium balloons in the dressing room. Again, that's I can't verify that and things like that. But as you see it here... Apparently, Arthur and Pjanic's swap deal has been found to be illegal. Pa President Macron, Macron played a part in Benzema's return. 
Fabrizio Romano's endorsed um, Roman Molina, so there's got to be some credibility. Benjamin Mendy has done imaginable, unimaginable, un unimaginable stuff, and Manchester City are reluctant to sign French players now. Allegedly, a player pranked another player by introducing him to a minor and having him sleep with her. So again, you know, obviously, if my man didn't know it was a young one, then something needs to happen in it but my man who did the mazza and, and calls this a prank again eternal hellfire for them man dear you know again we don't condone rape grooming child acts the mazza's in it we don't condone none of that al-qaeda allegedly uses football to recruit new members an international coach was allegedly caught red-handed having raped two 13 year old girls in the competition why is he not named and shamed why is he not dead first and foremost you know, and I think that's it. And obviously, throughout the course of it, you'll see more stuff. It's nuts, bro. It's nuts. And like I said, trigger warning, trigger warning. It's brazy, very brazy. Keeping up the theme with brazy stuff, people. Quincy Promise, Dutch football star charged with attempted manslaughter. Um, Dutch footballer Quincy Proms, Proms, um, will, from Promise will be prosecuted for attempted manslaughter and assault over the stabbing of a family member last year. Um, as you know, the Spartak Moscow player has been accused of seriously injuring a relative's knee in an attack at a family party last July, setting it at a family function. As you know, he was arrested, held in custody, obviously bailed. The 29-year-old denies the charges, but yeah, he's going to have to sort out his... Um, his is is he's, he's gonna have to sort out his lawyers. Apparently, Dutch broadcaster NOS said Promise stabbed a relative a relative just below the kneecap in front of several witnesses after an alleged argument escalated into a scuffle. Apparently, he suddenly came at me for reasons that were a mystery to him. Uh apparently Promise had little to say about the incident today, but denied any involvement with his lawyer. Um, when asked about the incident in an interview at the time he joined the club, his new club, he said, I leave it to my lawyers and try to focus on football. I've always done that. Fair play. I mean, not fair play, but you get the point. And again, like I said, keeping up the themes with Mazza's people, Benjamin Mendy has appeared in court charged with two more counts of rape. That now brings it up to six people, six um, six total allegations of rape and one of sexual assault um, after being initially charged with five offences in August. So, yeah, man. Hope the 25, 27-year-old, bro, I got no sympathy for man that do things like this, innit? Like, hellfire, you know? And one thing I don't like, you know, every, 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 every journalist that is consistently, purposely putting the wrong Mendy or the wrong black player and whatnot, suck your mums because you're taking the piss, you know? You're, it's not, it's, 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 it's intentional. You're doing it because it's driving engagement. You're doing it because it's a mockery. Obviously, Mendy of Chelsea, absolutely vexed that his name is being put with the wrong people, much less somewhere as a serious allegation of rape. You know, one's a goalie, one's a one's a fullback, one's plays for Senegal, one plays for 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 France. Obviously, they look they look completely different. The skin tone might be the same, but they look completely different. One's got blonde hair. I don't know what he's what Benjamin Mendy's got on his headpiece now, because if he's running around with that blonde hair in the jailhouse, he's standing out more so than he needs to for a footballer. And you're not going to last long. There are you really and truly. You're going to get mashed up. As I said, keeping up the theme with moving mad. You know, first things first, I think the world owes Diallo of PSG an apology. And I'm talking about the media outlets that consistently drew her out, consistently got at her because, you know, they were very quick to condemn. They're slow to say they got it wrong, people. Um, 
you know, it's it, it's slow, slow to say they've got it wrong. As you've seen, information has come out in relation to Diallo's not involved in any of it, the, the things that were going on. Um, Abidal had an affair, allegedly, and it's his wife that ordered a hit on some of these PSG players, people. As you lot can see, PSG's Kiera Hamari speaks out for the first time after pipe attack as new suspects emerge. Um, she said, my attacker hit me with an iron bar several times. I saw that he was mainly targeting my legs and I was trying to protect myself with my hands. At the time, I didn't see a weapon. They immediately started yelling, open the door, open the door. Then one on my side grabbed me and pulled me out of the vehicle before he grabbed the rectangular iron bar that he had hidden in his pants and under his sweater. Um, she was allegedly punched, kicked and beaten with this people. She was taken to hospital because of her injuries. As you know, the 26-year-old Diallo was arrested on suspicion. And yeah, she's been released. And yeah, man, I mean, it's just it's just looking brazy. Apparently, Abid the Abidals appear to be at the centre. Apparently, his wife ordered the hit. And apparently Abidal's obviously cheated on his wife going back to his time at Barcelona, people. So it says it's, it's just all brazy, isn't it? It's just it's just all brazy. All I would say is any other victims, sympathy for Diallo, who again, no one's even really giving you a chance to say your piece. It's a it's a madness, man. How how is she a G, bro? Like, that's not nothing G about that. Come on, be sensible, man. There's nothing, there's nothing there's nothing with that, man. It's sounding silly, man. It's absolutely silly, but as I said, footballers moving brazy, people. Footballers moving brazy, as as you can see, we finally <clears throat> got over that, and you know that was very difficult sometimes to sit here and do them sort of vids there early in the morning. It's just absolutely madness. It's just absolute madness, people. We'll get into a couple other bits and pieces, but yeah, as I said, there's whistleblowers. Footballers are moving mad. I actually I've forgotten to say one thing. Apparently, on top of that, the Premier League have obviously announced their new deal. Um, in relation to their, what they've got going on with NBC people. As you lot know, the Premier League and NBC signed a new six-year deal to extend their partnership in the US until 2028. So this further confirms the Premier League, the money the Premier League makes and, um, and, the, other, and the other leagues, they're golfed. And this is why I don't think teams can be against Super League. I think when you look at it, everyone's trying to grab money. I can understand why La Liga and these guys, because they're broke and all these things, why they want the Super League and things like that. You know, it's a big deal for the Premier League. And this is why the Premier League don't want it, people. You know, the Premier League, obviously, will um, because of this, you know, the broadcaster will host the Premier League um, in relation to 380 Premier League games, um, host all 380 matches every season until 2028, people. Richard Masters, the CEO, said our broadcast revenues over the next cycle will give stability and certainty to the game as a whole. And they've obviously promised to filter it down, which I don't know if it will give stability. It gives stability to you lot, maybe Prem clubs, but not the whole landscape of football as, as we know it really, really and truly. Um, I think that's all a lie, really, if I'm honest with you. And I've actually, I read this article before. Um, apparently, The Athletic actually says they understand the agreement is worth more than two billion 2.7 billion dollars um, which will run until 2028 as you lot know you know NBC first broadcasted the Premier League in 2013 so it's been quite some some rise people really really and truly it's been met with opposition as well um really you know despite clubs losing a combined 2 billion in in covid this is this is this is able to happen and this will you know further further move people more and more away and it will be keen to see the filtering when it comes down to it people you know who gets what in the Premier League? 
You know, it filters from the league. The league has to filter it down. They've promised to help grassroots. But when it filters down, how many hands on the pies are there going to be really and truly? So, again, if you're one of these fat cats, rich, affluent, affluent, affluent folks, then this means something to you. If not, it, it is what it is. And this is, you know, they will tell you football's for the fans. Premier League is not for the fans. No football club is for the fans. They're only for the fans because of your wallet. They do not care about us. It don't matter what club you support. We are the little guys on the ground. And they know that our love for football, we're always going to watch it no matter what they do that's why they try to con us during covid that's why they try and throw these things at us you know it's absolutely brazy it's absolutely brazy what's going on in football man even with chelsea you know even with chelsea and it's not just chelsea everybody's doing it. i'm trying to find the article they've hiked the ticket prices up if people really for worth for football fans they would know that for the last probably what a year maybe two years now people have struggled with covid and things how can you up the season tickets it's mad. And these guys can do it because they'll get away with it. Man, they're not going to want to lose their, their season ticket. Paddy's not going to want to lose his. Paddy, who's had his season ticket for 20 plus years and them thing there, he will pay it. Even though it might cost him doing things with his kids. It might cost his kids might miss out. He might miss out. You know, it might call him sleepless nights. He's not going to give it up and neither would I because we love this thing. Football is something that it's an escape. There's men that go to work, hate jobs from, you know, men and women that hate jobs on a Monday. They'll do it because they know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, they're going to watch their team, whatever their team is. And it's this, and it's quite frankly taking, taking the piss really and truly. Chelsea tell fans their season ticket prices are tripling to almost 4,000 from next year with Stamford Bridge's West stand upper tier facing a price hike after installing a new concourse big screens and padded seats now at the end of the day there's costs in business but it's not right it can't go from 1250 people to all the way to just on just shy of four bags come on now you know come on now it's not fair and many people are gonna have to give it up because it's not financially viable really and truly People that wanted to die with their season tickets. Clubs say the facilities in the stand have been greatly improved with bars, screens, food outlets and better Wi-Fi, as well as new padded seat for fans. And I mean, I would love to see the profit margins. And I mean, what the hell? Like, just because there's Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi is a necessity anyways. I mean, come on now. Some fans in some sections will only face a small price rise with additional games included. And that's why season tickets more time are a zang anyways, because then they that's what these clubs do as well. You get a season ticket, they start saying you can go to certain games, but you can't and you've got to apply to get these European games. It's all brazy. But they're fat cat friends and stuff. They're friends that don't even give a fuck about football and prefer, prefer, prefer fox hunting. They will get these. They, they will be able to make calls and get these fancy big shot seats and whatnot. This is everything wrong with the game. They, you know, the work, the football's a working class game. It's been savaged and ravaged by, by upper classes that just want money. The greed in this game is never going to stop much like society. Society is greedy. Football is no different. And there's nothing wrong with making money for what it is. There's nothing wrong with making more money. I have nothing wrong with people doing what they're doing. But this is greed. This is greed. Again, you just need to read the room. Look at the current climate. This is not fair. Life isn't fair. And, and the, the wickedest thing about football is people that will give it up, the, that will give up these Chelsea tickets. Other people are going to go and, um, and map it up, people. When you can see it, the current price, current blanket price is 1250 And as you can see, the new price is going up. You know, you're paying just under four bags to see the halfway line. The goal line you're seeing, you know, you're starting from there. The 18-yard box, you're going from there. All three prices include the 19 Premier League home games plus all domestic home matches. Tiers one and two get European group stage home matches included in the price, but all three tiers get the option to buy home knockout games. 
and tier three gets a concession ticket available. Eh? Uh, um, you know, and obviously the other London clubs aren't the best. And I get it, you know, it's it's it, it, it's cost at the end of the day, it's business cost, but this is just taking the piss. Uh Spurs held that dubious honor with the top price season ticket at Tottenham Hotspur, setting them back two bags, which again I'm never gonna make the trophy jokes. Pardon me, but we all know. And apparently that's only rivaled by Arsenal. And again, one consistency has been with Arsenal is high ticket prices. You know, if only our consistency with hiking up prices and saying the same old uh, attendances in the ground was reflected on the pitch, well, you'd be, you'd by all means, you'd be able to, we'd be winning leagues and Champions League. By all means, you could charge all of this. And obviously, I'm sure it's not the same. It's, it's many, it's, it's not a different pitch at many clubs. You know, it's crazy. They don't care about football. Football was gone a long time ago. It was lost. It's not for the fans anymore. And it's down to... Something's got to save it. I think the only thing that will save football is greed, you know. And I, what I mean by that is, you know, greed at some at some point, something has to happen. And I can't see football crashing. But when it does, it's going to be a brazy one, really and truly. An absolutely brazy one. Does the West Stand transform into a plane and take you to New York? It must do, bro. It must do. It must do. This is what I'm saying. It's mad grim, you know. Like you said, no one wants to lose that. People, you know, people have been having that for years. There's probably a man and wife out there that when they were 18 and that, they had it. And then obviously as you go through life, you have kids, you get married, you get new jobs, you do this, you do that and the other. That's been the one consistency, you know. Life, it, there's, there's not too many certainties in life. Unless you're a pagan or, or you have the luxury of not living in a country where you pay taxes, you know, we can't, we all have to make peace in that. You know, we've all got a timer. We're going to die one day. Everyone's going to die one day. How you die is one thing. What you do in between is that, you know, if there's life, there's death. We're living and dying every day. Our cells in our bodies are living and dying. We all have to meet death. As I said, taxes are probably an, ass an assurance in your life. You're going to play taxes unless you're lucky enough to be born in a tax haven and things like that. And your football team, unless you're a pagan, you're not going to change your football team. Unless you're on some pagan thing, you're going to always, if you're Arsenal or you're Chelsea, or your Spurs or your United or your Barca or your whatever, you know, you're that for life, blood in, blood out. And this is how they leverage it. They know no matter how much we say we don't care, we this, that and the other, we're waffling for a week on, on YouTube and these things talking about Arsenal. We're spending money on staff. If we're not spending money on the club directly, we're spending it indirectly. We're, we're paying TV prices to watch the games and the rest of it, people. And football is a madness. You know, you've got mad ticket prices, more time. You know, you're getting these little things come out with clubs now where you've got to pay for certain games, especially the lower league teams, even paying to watch 23s, you know. Even the non-league teams, I can't blame them because the money isn't there. But, bro, you know, man, are trying to set you back 20, 30 quid to go watch Enfield Town and that. And I'm just using them as an example. It's a myth. You know, football's gone. It's gone. It's sad. It really is sad, man. It really is. Greed has effed this game up, man. Really effed this game up. On that topic of greed and Super League, a couple of days ago, I was actually meant to talk about Super League still. Um, where is it? What's this? That's the Hoffman thing. Sorry, folks. Give me a sec. I'll find this. Yeah, here we go. Speaking of that, 
Real Madrid president Florentino Perez has hit out at state-owned clubs for not selling their best players despite high transfer bids. As you don't know, Real Madrid pursued Kylian Mbappe and their initial offer of 160 million was turned down. They offered they offered up to 200. It didn't happen. Apparently, the Athletic was told that a second offer did not arrive, at least not formally, although there's been suggestions it came verbally. Um, apparently, Perez believes it's now easier to sign players from clubs like PSG who are owned believes it is now easier to sign players from clubs like PSG who are owned by Qatar Sports Investments when their contracts expire. And I mean, Mr. Wenger told man about this um, really and truly. He said the state-owned clubs don't sell their players. It's a madness. Now we offer 200 million for a single player and they don't sell him. When players' contracts finish, fin when players finish their contract, it's better. So, I, I mean, and, I, and Real Madrid are struggling, as is the whole of Spain, really and truly. So that just puts things into perspective. I think everybody, oh, they're all greedy and they're all doing woe is me. But when I look at the riches of the Premier League and what they've just said about oil states and, and countries backing clubs, I can't blame people for being on the Super League. For what it's worth, I don't think the Super League is a bad idea. I think some of the practices and some of the things they had was problems, problematic. I do think it was a very emotive response by a lot of people, myself included. Oh, you can't have Super League, this and that. And then when I thought about it, it's like, why is that? I'm not saying I want it, but when you break it down, there's legitimate reasons for that. We all know the Champions League undercut a lot of clubs as well. So I understand it really and truly. So it's brazy, man. It's absolutely brazy. It's very brazy. Very, very brazy. So we'll have to see what's going on where that one's where that one's cooking, folks, man. We'll have to see how that one develops. And it's bound to be an interesting one. What a way to start this, man. What a way to start this. All these players moving mad is probably why Alex Ferguson said he prefers to sign players with wives and kids less likely to be in fuckery, I guess. I hear that, but footballers, bro, there's footballers out there that have been married for bare years and they're doing fuckery. And I know that for a fact. Bare men are doing fuckeries. Look at Ryan Giggs. I'm sure he had a calm life. He was on fuckery. You know, all of them. Not all, but man are on stuff. But I hear it. More stability in that. He is, man. The ticket situation was so disgraceful from the club. That's why I respect how German clubs do their best to accommodate their fans and price their tickets low for everyone to go. It's true, but maybe if the Prem if if it wasn't just Bayern Munich in that league and it was a bit more neck and neck, I'd be keen to see what the German league looks like, if I'm honest, man. They're all moaning, man. They're all thieves. They're all everyone's hands is dirty and they're all doing the woe is meeting, man. But I can't lie, I'm not against, I'm not for it, but I'm not against the Super League, really. I think it was a very emotive response. Um, and I think the Premier League, all of the, the footballing world, I think they leave its fans, you know, being so against it. Because fans are reluctant to change, let's be honest, you know. They they leverage that sort of emotive, emotive response for the best with the Super League. I don't think the Super League is done. I think if it's revamped, it could run, really, but... Will it? I don't know, people. I really don't. Away from that, though, again, quickly going back to actual football, let's preview some of the Premier League games to come. Now, I'm not really going to talk in depth about Liverpool or Arsenal because we're going to do that at 11.30. Make sure you're following on YouTube, folks. Um, and obviously, I've got a bag of videos to come out and things. But obviously, I would say this. It's a big test for Arsenal. Win-lose, you need to come away with some credibility, not the same old self-capitulation. And we barely won. Well, when last did we win at Anfield in the league? I can't tell you. Probably Arteta was a player them times there. You know, I'm sure it was Diaby and Santi or one of them did a mazza. You know, we haven't travelled well in the Premier League specifically. Now, 
if we win in the unlikely event, it doesn't mean we've suddenly arrived, we've answered all questions. Because I've seen us, I've seen Arteta beat Liverpool about three times. He did it at our place at the Emirates last year or the year before. He's done it in the Community Shield, forgive me if I'm wrong, and he's done it in the League Cup. So, you know, and we've beat big, big teams. So I won't say I learned too much. It's about the 38 game calendar for me. But it would. So, yeah, if we lose, if we win, I'm not going to get gas. If we lose, I don't think it's all doom and gloom because. You, you lot know, we could be, we're 10 games unbeaten, fans have been waffling. The minute you lose, it's irrelevant. And obviously, you know, isolated to that 90 minutes, hold your L, what have you lot done right? What have you lot done wrong? But it doesn't mean we should just forget the previous weeks. Obviously, if they rock up like the Arsenal of, of the start of the season or historically, there's issues there. But it's all about credibility. All I want to see is that we have a goal. We push them. We respect Liverpool. You know, we're going to have to remit, defend for large periods of the game. But you have confidence. You don't sit there and admire. No matter, It's, it's difficult. Salah, Trent. Allison, Van Dijk, quality players all over the shop. They've won Champions League, they've won Premier League. There's a lot to admire, but, you know, football, it's not like, as I always say, it's not Formula One. You know, it's a pretty even game. If you're faster or stronger than someone, it's due to genetics or you working hard. So match them. If they're a great team, let's see the how, how quality level of defending Van Dijk has or unimaginable moments from Salah. Because if we push them to their limits and Salah dances past seven, eight players, what could you say but upload that? Okay, Salah's mad. You're not going to see that too many times in the Premier League. He's a quality player. Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up. But what we typically do, someone plays a five, a stray five-yard pass and then present goals to Salah. You know, Salah, he had one of his best games against Man United for me, but it wasn't because he didn't have to do much. He weren't... If you read the first game, the first couple minutes... Salah was just happy to have a good performance. It's like, that man said, you can score. He's like, you know what, let me get a quick hat-trick. The other man were on it. Liverpool smell blood, they'll be in for the kill. And obviously, it's going to be an angry Liverpool. They've dropped silly points in their last two games. They're fighting for the league and beyond that. Klopp isn't going to be happy, in it. We need to ra raise our game to such. And sometimes, you know, when I look at the Spurs, Villa, Leicester games, these have been games where second halves haven't always been plain sailing for Arsenal. You can't afford to do that against Liverpool. So, yeah, man, but it's all about belief. You know, you've got to believe in yourself. You know, even if you go a goal down, how do you respond to the setbacks? Because there needs to be too many variables for Arsenal to win, really and truly. So we'll have to see, you know. So I've just spoken about Liverpool-Arsenal. That's at 5.30. Other Premier League games on the Saturday. I'm probably going to do a watch-along for this, either on Twitch or YouTube. So make sure you're looking, people. You've got Leicester-Chelsea. You've got Aston Villa-Brighton. You've got Burnley-Crystal Palace. You've got Newcastle-Brentford. You've got Norwich-Southampton. Watford, um, Man United, Wolves versus West Ham. Obviously, Aston Villa's first game, you know, Aston Villa's, well, first game under Steven Gerrard. Got some comments that I want to go on, go over under, uh, about him in a sec. I think Graham Potter's reached a, a, um, some sort of milestone, really and truly. You know, let me actually confirm that. I'm sure I was quickly browsing today, people, before I came online and I saw something about Graham Potter. I don't, I want to say 100 games, but it feels like he, he's... He's got there. And I think Brian, you know, Graham Potter's actually given an interview. He said, the England job is the pinnacle, but reputations change quickly in football. Yeah, people. So, yeah, this Saturday is is Graham Potter's 100th game um, in charge of Albion. You know, great moment for him. You know, Arteta just crossed that, that, that milestone. Obviously, as a manager, such is life. You could have 100 games and then 101, you're clipped. But to have 100 games in a job, you've got to count your blessings. And I'm sure he wants to count his blessings on Saturday. You know, that's his 100th game. You know, I don't want to say it's the end of an era for, for him at Brighton because it's not. But, 
you know, that's a hundredth game. This is Gerard's first game, you know, Mr. Invincible with Rangers. He's always inevitably going to be linked with the Liverpool job as long as Klopp's clearly not going to be there for the long, long term. Is that he's probably not going to be there 10 years from now, five years from now, etc. Um, it's a chance to show things, really. He's 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 given it the big one, you know. He said Aston Villa could get Europe and all these things should which should be their ambition. I saw someone say on Twitter that Gerard's joined Gerard's joined Aston Villa so he can learn how to win a league title from Ashley Young. The internet is mad, but that should be a good game. And, and actually, I wish that that should be at twelve. Really, you know, I know it can't change, but that should be at twelve. I'd be keen to see Gerard's first game. That's going to be crazy. Brendan Rodgers against his old team in Chelsea. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a Leicester are finding their feet now. Chelsea need to win games. That should be a good game. Burnley Palace, you know, I hope, I hope, you know, shout out to Corne, but I hope Zaha and Gallagher can do the business for Patrick Vieira's team. Newcastle versus Brentford. Now that's a six-pointer, if I'm honest. I think Brentford are slowly creeping and normalising and creeping back into a relegation fight. Newcastle need to win. They can talk about buying people in January all you want. You could be done, by, done for by then. You could sign all you want in January. You could be mathematically done for. So they need to start winning games. You've got Dean Smith in his new role at Norwich against Southampton with Hassan Hutu. You know, I'll probably back Southampton to do that at Carroll Road, but you never know. Dean Smith, you know, fans are going to be buzzing. You know, man, players are going to be buzzing. New manager bounce, you know, get the Canaries singing. It could be something at Norwich for them. Watford versus Man United. Now, you'd expect even as Kalas as Man United have been, them to beat Watford, but you never know. Football isn't won on paper. And Watford, again, they did nothing against us. But again, if we didn't, maybe if we didn't play on, if Josh King squares it for Ismail Assad, the game's a different game, really. So that's going to be low key. That could be interesting. Wolves versus West Ham. Wolves are flying. West Ham, apologies, are flying high. So that's going to be an interesting clash. On the Saturday, Sunday, apologies, people. You've got Manchester City against Everton and you've got Tottenham Hotspur against Leeds. Come on, Leeds. I hope Bielsa can do it against um, Antonio Conte. Conte, I've got a lot of admiration for you. Not why you're managing Spurs, though, man. Agendas. I hope they make you got a lovely set of hair. I hope they make you bold due to the stress of, of managing that club. I want to see you with less hair on your head than Lacazette or, or, or Pep Guardiola, really and truly. It's a brazy one. For Arsenal, I can't lie, you know, I'm being a bit shameless, but are we low-key in the title challenge? And I say that, car. what? Goal difference means a lot in it. And we've got a grand old goal difference of zero. And you look at those above us. Liverpool have 20. West Ham have 10. Man City have 16. And Chelsea have 23. But we're on 20 points. We win. We're on 25. We're on 23 points, people. Sorry, I'm gassing about 25. If we win, we're on 23 points. We move parity. At least for 24 hours, we move level, excluding goal difference with West Ham and City. So is there a mathematical title challenge on where Arsenal's concerned? I'm being so shameless, people. I'm playing. But on a serious note, it shows Europe's there if you want it. But it's 11 games. You know, the, the table could be very different at 22 games, 11 games from now. Well, 10 games from now. You get the point, people. 23 would be 11, you know, just about past maths. You know, what's it going to look like 20 games from now where it says 33, where it's down to the crunch time, where it's the last couple of games left? Narratives can change. Narratives been changing, you know. You can't say West Ham are not in a title challenge, but say, it, I, I sound like a hypocrite because I say it's between Liverpool, City and Chelsea, but mathematically, West Ham are there. They just smacked up um, Liverpool. You can't say they're not in it, you know. Then there's a other little mini race for top four, really and truly, between, you know, every, what, Liverpool, well, Liverpool, 
Liverpool mathematically are fourth, but I wouldn't say they're in it. I would say even though West Ham are ahead, West Ham, Arsenal, United, Brighton, Wolves, Tottenham, even Palace Loki could be in that. And then I would probably say for maybe about 13th where Southampton are, who are only a point behind 12th place, place Leicester to 20th. That's a relegation dogfight. Like you can't really pick a relegation candidate. Brentford are sleepwalking back into it. No one seems to be talking about Leeds there. Watford are a point, well, two points above the bottom three. I would love Burnley to go down. I would love Newcastle to get out of it. But at the end of the day, they got minus 12, five points. I can't, you know, they need to win games now, really and truly. Now, I know Eddie Howe's going to get them playing progressive football and all those things. I don't think Nor Norwich have a snowball's chance, but they're level on points with Newcastle. You never know. You win a couple of games. As I said, narratives change. Things start looking different. So it's going to be a brazy one where the Premier League is concerned, people, really and truly, you know. If I had to pick winners out of all of them, let's do a little DG prediction thing. I mean, I'd expect Chelsea to win 2-1, but I'm going to speak into existence what I want. I'm going to say Leicester 2, Chelsea 1. Aston Villa versus Brighton. Villa at home. Brighton's 100th game. I'm going to say 2-2 in that game. Burnley, Crystal Palace, hopefully 2-0 Palace. Newcastle, Brentford, I think that goes either way. I'm going to say 2-1. You know, I think Ivan Tony will score, score against his old club in Newcastle. I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle because I'm wary of the managerial uh, uh, bounce. I'm going to say 1-0 Norwich, even though if I had to bet money, I'd say Southampton win again. I'm feeling the managerial bounce. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will beat Claudio Ranieri. I hope not, but I think he'll win about 2-3. West Ham, I think West Ham might drop points. You know, I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. Um, and Arsenal, Liverpool, if I had to bet money, I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool, 4-1 Liverpool, anything beyond that. Arsenal purist, I would say 2-1, but I hope for a dirty 1-0, man. You know, what's 85th minute, we get a corner, Gabriel, header, set-piece, FC. You know, Liverpool are going to be spot on over set-pieces because they were quite poor over those set-pieces against West Ham. We've done dirt there, so you're going to see a bit of a reaction really. But can we take advantage of that zonal marking? It comes down to basic street smartness, potentially. So hopefully we showed that it is what it is, man. March, I'll be shameless if we if if we was there, I'll sc scumbag it like Leicester. January is the decider, bro. Now's the decider, bro. You gotta make it from now there, man. Top top four shouts are fair, my bro. I hear it, but eleven games played, man. If we win, DG fans are going to lose their heads, of course. And the thing is, if we lose, they're going to lose our heads because the 10 games become irrelevant. If you didn't win, it becomes irrelevant. Look at the, the, the people coming out the woodworks after Brighton and Palace. It becomes completely irrelevant if Arsenal lose. No, man, I'm not going to care about all oh, the new signings. There's a little bit of stability there, you know, building blocks, all that jazz. Man, I'm not going to care about none of that. None of that. None of that. Bro, you're but you're right in that, you know. Again, we need to sign people, but again, everybody knows you're desperate for a midfielder in January and you're down to your bare bones. What are you gonna do? If think about it logically in business, if I know you need a midfielder and it's your press for time in January, and I'm gonna tell you to pay a bit more, it's basic econ economics. And plus, this midfielder, as much as you want him or we want him, you have to remember he's playing for this team, he might be helping my team right now. Then it's a knock on effect. Now, I've got to go find a replacement, and someone's gonna try zang me. Do you get it? This is why January is difficult to do business, but I would love to hope that when it became clear, whatever we was, I think we were trying to buy midfielders in January, there was a couple of 
departures that could have happened. I mean, the summer, things didn't happen, innit? So a part of me thinks the club said, you know, all right, cool, you know, we've, we've brought in who we've brought in. We're going to try a thing. We didn't do everything. We go again in January. So I hope that we've, we, we it's, it's literally a case of just picking up the case files and re-wetting re the ink and getting things done, really, man. Europa, you know, Europa should be the minimum, man. Should be the minimum. I think we'll fall short in relation to the top four. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. No matter how much Arteta is doing this building block thing and the rest of it, if he does not get Europa League minimum, because you were the first guy to finish outside of everything, you need to go. It doesn't matter this 10-game unbeaten run, what we do beyond that. If you do not get Europe, you need to go. You know, regard and that's and, and that's me being harsh because I've previously said and I still believe it. If you show me a way of playing and all that jazz, then I think you could stay. But I think man have to go. You know, no matter how much you say the competitive nature is there, Arsenal should really be able to get Europa League. If and if the manager can't, there's no you know you've spent money, you haven't got top four, you're not able to get what you need to get out. You're gonna be a good manager, I have no doubt about that. But we need someone because as much as I think Arteta is a wavy manager at times and he does a lot of things wrong, I do think certain gaffers can get a could have got a lot more very quickly out of this squad or specifically individuals or show a tiny bit more of a DNA. I think there's a lot of I think there's sometimes a lot of unnecessary criticisms for Arteta, but I also think, you know, there's things he, he's been given luxuries for. I wouldn't quite say top four is an overachievement because we should be able to get that. But I hear what you're saying because I think, I, I don't know where I stand because I think for a while top four has been there and we've shanked it up. But on the same hand, you look at the naiveties of our young squad, the wholesale changes, it is an overachievement. I mean, if you get top four, it should be our ambition anyways, isn't it? So I won't sing your name to the rooftops, but you're right, man. It's an overachievement, I would say. Top four is an A-star season sort of thing. In fact, now, A-star would be top four in a trophy, FA Cup, Yarabel or something. I'd say an A would be, you know, top four. You know, a B would probably be top six, you know. It's min I, in fact, I wouldn't even say a B. I'd say it's a C, really, because that's a minimum, isn't it? it? You know, it gives us more games to play. It gives me more watch-alongs. Um, it gives us more finances. It keeps the squad happier, to be fair. I think Arteta's done well at that, really, you know. I just think that, when I look at it, I think our squad, a lot of them ain't been round this, these, these corners before. And I think our inexperience will tell. And I do think, again, I'm very scared about midfield because I think even if everybody's fit, midfield needed to be revamped and upgraded on. And now, you know, we're hoping no one gets injured. Apparently, Partey's fit for the Liverpool one. Top four should be the target, you know. Aim for the, aim, you know, aim for the moon. You might end up in the, around the stars, in it. That sort of logic, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion, really. So hopefully it is it is one of it is it is adapting, but and you really know you don't know historically what Arsenal is gonna turn up. Maybe that's the luxury of supporting this football club. One love to the Twitch gang, man. You lot are you know it's amazing to spend the mornings with you guys here. Um let's get into some sly transfer news and 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 all of these other things, people. Let me just make one, two timestamps. Transfer news. Ollie. There, let's say that was 53. Let's go through some of these articles as well, people. There's just so much we can close that. And you've seen some talks come out that Ronaldo's had enough of Oli, so that's the end of Oli if it wasn't already. I think he's gone at the end of the season, man. It is what it is. Um, 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer held crisis talks with senior players, senior Man United players, that is, including Ronaldo and Harry Maguire. Well, Ronaldo's the biggest voice in that dressing room. Maguire is the captain. You know, if you lose these, but Bruno Fernandes is his little bro to Ronaldo. You lose these players. The young Gs don't rate you again. You know, Rashford was your guy. You told him to focus on football. I don't think Greenwood listens to you unless you're doing some striking practice with him. Jaden Sancho probably just blocked your number. You know, big up Rance. I was on Rance's stream and he said, you know, a little bird, he said indirectly, you know, De Gea stopped chatting to him at one point. And, it, you know, no one rates Oli. And it must be, you're a dead man walking, really, in a footballing sense. And it must be weird. It's almost like, I always give the example when football managers get like this, it's almost like you're attending your own funeral. Players know it's a biding time thing. The boardroom, even your most strongest loyal Oli Gola Social Rins, they know it's a it's a time thing. Your other um, coaches know it's a time thing. You've heard even, you know, is it McKenna and Carrick? Them and they are getting new deals regardless of what happens with Oli. So everyone knows it's the beginning of the end. Unless you turn around and win the Champions League or do something mad, it's probably a myth for you people, you know. And you've lied to the players as well. You said you wanted to play attacking football. You said everyone would get minutes. You know, Oli shows naiveties. And this picture sums up Oli, isn't it, really? Man, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, the very fact that he's been compared to Lampard and Arteta, where I've had Capri Suns that's lasted longer than these lots current management, um, management periods. It says, it. oh, my man's been in the game 10 years or something. Like you, I don't know why he's compared to all these little men, but... Anyways, people, he spoke to all of them. He wanted to discuss how Man United can turn the season around and talking about a tactical plan. Oli's desperate to get his team back on track at Watford um, after a run of six defeats in 12 games. Bloody hell. Obviously, the hierarchy of resisted calls. Maybe there's whoever they want to come in isn't going to do the thing. As you know, Brendan Rodgers has been linked with the job as well, people. He said, it doesn't frustrate me personally because my next focus my focus is the next game, which is Chelsea, but it is frustrating for the fans and I would say for my players. Of course, it's not going to frustrate you. It should be, an, you know, Brendan Rodgers is very egotistical, you know, and you've seen it. And to be fair with you, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? If I'm playing for one football club and the next football club says they're interested in me, if I'm a pro bowler, I'm not going to be whoring myself out to sign for them. But it's nice to know that you're wanted. If you're wanted, it must mean you're good, alright? So it probably does. I mean, if Man United, let's be real, regardless of where Man United are at, if, my, if you're a manager at Man United that you, you constantly see your name when they're looking at gaffers, oh, that's going to gas you. Same way if Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, all these teams, if you're linked with them, you're going to get gassed. But anyways, he would say, but it's frustrating for the fans and I would say for my players, of course. You know, I don't know about Telemans and them, man, because it looks like Leicester people are going to skate out soon. If anyone were to read what's been out there, that then that can destabilise. I'm the Leicester City manager, proud to be here and fully committed. All the other noise around that is something we cannot control. He also obviously spoke about the good relationship he has with Leicester's hierarchy people. And you've obviously seen today Lingard wants to leave um, in January after abandoning contract talks. You're so smart. Who told you he was going to play? Like, he was never going to play. Like, you're not levels like that. You should have stayed at West Ham. That's your thing. Or go somewhere else. He was never going to be part of this Ronaldo, Sancho, the wavy thing. It's a myth, people. You know, you're 28. You know, and you're still making silly decisions and, you know, you could save yourself and probably bag yourself a World Cup spot if you go and play people. You started just one league game. You know, I can't, I don't really want to waste my live stream talking about people like Lingard that he's rubbed. Looking at some of this transfer news, people, as you look and see, apparently Man United and Chelsea have received a boost for Haaland. Apparently, you know, next up, Real Madrid have accepted he'll move to the Premier League. Apparently, Real Madrid planned to compete with, with all of these clubs by adding Haaland. Fair play. Newcastle want Defry and Brozovic. Fair play. 
Paul Pogba's agent has hinted that the French midfielder will leave Man United in January before his contract ends. I'm not too sure of that, but let's see what this one's about. And this is probably just the latest. And currently, Pogba's allegedly in, in Dubai doing his rehab. He said December is the month of dreams, especially when you can agree moves a club, um, to clubs abroad. I mean, Paul Pogba's got to be the first player in Man United history to be signed in, in Buki scenarios, leave for free, get signed for big, big money, a world record transfer at the time, I'm sure, and then leave for free again, potentially. You know, Ranola said Pogba, well, surrounding Pogba, he said, December is the month of dreams. I can't stop dreaming, but it's better to not speak about Paul. If some former play, former Man United players don't speak about me and Paul, they, they won't work anymore. Right, Paul Scholes, you got mail. It's too early to speak about Paul Pogba's contract. Let's see what happens. I can't stop anyone from dreaming. And he's been linked with P Juventus, PSG, Real Madrid, everyone and their dog, really and truly. I've told you a lot before, people. This guy is, is a quality footballer, Sammy Baybrook. He's a baller. You know, he plays for England at under 20, uh, under 20 level, under 18 level, sorry. He's a baller. Very, very good sort of deep line playmaker. Gets the ball moving. I think he'll, be, I think he'll make the grade at Leicester one day. Um, and he's someone I need to do a video on. And I've said that before. Um, Bale is still injured. So that's that. We'll, we'll cover some other transfer talk in a sec. Oh, well, we've already spoken about Lingard still. Well, we don't need to talk. We don't want to talk about Mendy. We've already talked about that. Steve and Gerard, what have you, what has Gerard said? What has big Steve said? Pause. What have you said? Gerard wants Aston Villa to be playing in European club competitions again. Pardon me, what have you said? In terms of Liverpool, because you know we know he's playing them in December. In terms of Liverpool, again, I don't think this press conference should be about any other club but Aston Villa. I think we have to show respect to our supporters. I think everyone all around the world knows what Liverpool means to me and my focus is very much on Aston Villa. I've said that I'm all in and I can promise our supporters that that's the case. I think first and foremost, it's an extremely proud moment from a personal point of view. It's a real honour to be the manager of this football club. Villa job is not a stepping stone. You're a liar. Not respectfully to Aston Villa. But the minute Liverpool say jump, you're going. You never hear me say that it's a stepping stone. For me, I'm really proud and honoured to be in this position. I'm all in. I will give this job everything that it, need, that, that it needs for it to be a success. I'll be 100% committed. I don't think there's anything wrong in football to have dreams and aspirations. It should be. But yeah, you know, I, I, I rate Jarrah because there's a lot of talk. He's only he ain't managed the Villa game yet, you know. Fair enough to what he did at Rangers, but if you're a fraud in England, no one's gonna care that you was invincible. They've got a world class coach who, who they are happy with. He was if he was to sign a lifetime deal right now, I would be very happy for them and him. Reaching Europe is Villa's long term goal, as we know. Success in football is always about winning football matches first and foremost. Long term, I think the club would like to be back on the European level. I don't think it's the right time now to put any specific date on that. But for me, more, most importantly, it's about focusing on the short term, which is Brighton at the weekend. We need to start winning football matches again and moving up the table. We've got a challenging game at the weekend, so I don't really want to look too far ahead of that. But with the players we've got in the squad, we should be higher than where we are. So it's one step at a time and we need that win as soon as possible. He's also said it's great to be back in the Premier League and all these things. I'm not going to bore you lot. Um, Edward... Ed Woodward insists Man United's priority is success on the field as financial things have been looking um, been now announced. Apparently, the club's latest financial results announced are on the back of a poor run of results. Where are they at? 
Apparently, Man United's wage bill rose by 23%, obviously, by signing Ronaldo. The first quarter of, of this year, really, well, of 2021-22 financial year, shows a rise of 16.6 in employee benefit expenses. The total amount spent on salaries during the quarter ended on September the 30th when the club resigned, obviously, and Ronaldo and made these signings. Revenue on the rise, but debt only slightly down, really. And this is where you finance people. So, yeah, it's not exactly rosy over there at Manchester United. Gareth Barry has been charged by the FA over alleged breaches of regulations, people relating back to Swindon Town. Um, the FA said the 40-year-old is alleged to have breached regulations related to the ownership and or funding of Swindon Town FC. Um, it comes with proceeds still um, ongoing against the, the Sky Bet League 2 club. Um, former owner and chairman Lee Power. And all these people are in trouble, people. So, yeah, Gareth Barry, let's see what's going on, people. Um, they have until the 1st of December to respond to such charges, folks. So it is what it is where that's concerned. Where's I'm missing something. Where's goal.com? Let's look at some other transfer stuff. Rüdiger's once again been linked with, with Real Madrid for what it's worth, people. I know, I know. How many, how many times is that one gonna get spanned? Speaking of how many times is something gonna get spanned, you know, Arsenal been linked with another midfielder. Any any guesses, people? Any guesses? I'll save you lot the trouble. We've been linked with Renato Sanchez again. To Stegen snubbed the move to Newcastle. Arsenal are still keen on Renato Sanchez. Uh, Milan have targeted Nicolas Pepe. Barcelona want Aspilicueta, people. And Bappe was on a different level. Fair play. I mean, to Stegen snubbed the move. Zachariah favours a move to Barcelona over Real Madrid on a free transfer. Pulisic faces a fight for his Chelsea future. Axel Witzel was wanted by Newcastle, and I'm sure at his age, you'd want to get a decent payday. Gavi's contract talks are, 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 are close. Theo Hernandez at AC Milan is close to signing a new contract. Teku Fufana, he's decent. He's been all right in Liga. Tottenham are interested in, in Talisio. El Nene is set to leave Arsenal in January, and, well, he's going Afcon. But, yeah, it is what it is. Thiago Silva's eyeing a contract extension with Chelsea. Once again, Milan are looking at Pepe. So quite a dead day, really, and truly. Quite a dead bit of transfer stuff, really. But what are you lot saying in the comments? Arsenal need a box-to-box. -box. Wouldn't mind it. I think we need an eight more than anything, but hear that. He stayed for the vibes. Sancho had a blinder tweeting scary hours when Ronaldo signed Charles. Love these early morning streams, DG. Part of my everyday morning routine. Shout out from Toronto every single time. I appreciate that. And you lot make it worth it, man. And, you know, there's content galore. You know, we go over to YouTube at 11.30. We come back here at 4 p.m. Sandwiched in between that. You know, i got a video coming out with Mo. There's a video we're out already with, with, with James Redmond. There's a bunch of other content to come out. And tomorrow you've got Watch Along. So, again... Reminders, people. Set your reminders on YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you're checking out the schedules. Make sure on YouTube you're checking out the community tab. These are your best friends. You don't do that, I can't help you, man. What else you lot saying? The Gerard propaganda is strong. Arteta and Xavi, they all must use the same PR agency. They must do, man. They must do. But the thing is, that's what football's about. It's all football is all about potential. You know, everyone spends big money on an 18-year-old who's played 10 great games because of what he could be potentially. And the managerial thing is no different. Football is the weirdest game now. It's always potentially what you could do. It's not about paying for what you what you actually are at this moment in time. 
really. You play 10 games, someone will spend 100 million on you and as a young player, whether you're successful or not, because no one wants to miss out on the next star. It's always what thing, it's always football's become hypotheticals now and never what man are actually doing at the time, you know. And, and you couple that in with a lot of these footballers are multifunctional, but you've got wingers. How many there's there's a couple at clubs, you know. Martial, the example in my head, you know, are you a winger or are you a striker? There's many of these guys. Certain times you look like a striker, then you're not. You got fullbacks, are you a wing back or a fullback? Which again, you should be able to play both. Are you this? Are you that? You know, are you what sort of centre mid are you? What sort of striker are you? Again, the lines get blurred where football is concerned, in my opinion, man. I don't think anybody's surprised that football's dirty hand um underhand tactics. Pogba leaves for free and they'll end up getting Rogers and Yuri. I mean, not the you know, not the worst. And we're calling him Lingard, Lingardino. He just needs to go do some dances elsewhere and shout beans. And he was never gonna, it was never gonna work. Like he was never gonna get football like that at Man United. I don't know who gassed Lingard. I don't know what gassed him. You know, well, you can't look at the squad. You're not gonna play. The only reason you're probably there is because you're homegrown and there's some love affair with you. You need to be moved on. And for Man United, well, they tried to sell him. To be fair, Lingard didn't want to go. That that's thirty million gone out the door. Really, not that United need it, but it is what it is. But I can't lie, people. On that note, though, I think I've covered everything we're going to cover. It's been a fantastic live stream. Obviously, we had to talk about some rather gruesome things happening in football. Um, I'm going to be back at 11.30. That's over there on YouTube. Like I said, 11.30, 4pm, bear content. And, and obviously, between between that, there's going to be a bag of content being, being dropped on my live stream. So I'll see you all on YouTube in 34 minutes, people. But on that note... It's been a lovely podcast. I'm going to love and leave you lot, people. I'm out. Bow.